I feel like using the F word again, but the real one this time. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support, and I would appreciate it just a little bit more if you can hit that like button, as well as don't forget to hit that bell notification button. That way you don't miss one of our episodes, because we come at you five times a week. And if you want to become a subscriber, very easy. Watching on YouTube? Hit the subscribe button. Boom, it's done. Like I said, I wanted to use the real F word, but I'm not allowed to use that because it's naughty. Bad word. Uh, what I meant to say is that recruiting is fluid. I've used the word in the past. Every dayers know what I mean when I say it. Um, because if, literally, if I said fudge out loud, you know, kind of like Ralphie, in, in the movie A Christmas Story, I'd have to suck on a bar of soap. We don't want that. Great movie, but I digress. Look, it's going to be a tough week for USC recruiting fans. I'm just kind of ripping the Band-Aid off, letting everybody know. Um, like I said, recruiting's fluid. Uh, you know, one day uh, you feel good. The next day you're kind of grabbing that stuff in the medicine cabinet that's pink. Makes your stomach feel better. On... Um, July 7th, you know, I'm depending on when you're watching this or listening to this episode of Locked on USC, uh, that's coming up this week in a couple days. Uh, Long Beach Poly linebacker Dylan Williams is more than likely going to make his public commitment to Oregon. Now, look, it's not a significant loss for USC because USC wasn't really in it for him. I mean, his dream school at one point, then USC wasn't even in his top seven or top ten, whatever that was released. But that was due to the previous staff. Brian Odom, USC's current linebacker coach, has been trying to repair that broken pipeline, so to speak, between USC and Poly, at least at the linebacker level. Um, but still, it was just a couple weeks ago when Dylan Williams, the young man, the recruit, said that he wanted to take an official visit to USC once the dead period was over. So it's just odd timing that, you know, he's, rumor has it, he's going to be making a public commitment to the Oregon Ducks on July 7th. And if that's going to happen, really, there's no reason for him to take a, an official visit to USC. It just kind of feels like he's, I don't know. It's just really, it's an awkward, odd recruitment with this young man. And it might be best for him just to end up at Oregon. Because he, if he's not feeling USC, let's not drag it on. Everybody, nobody should be wasting their time. Him or USC. So, um, I, again, nobody was really counting on Dylan Williams becoming a Trojan. But because we talked about it, uh, you know, over the last week or so, that he was interested in taking an official visit. It seems like things have changed. Again, recruiting is fluid. Speaking of, and this is why I said the word fudge under my breath. It's not what I really said. Um, 
USC fans were looking forward to this Sunday, July 9th, because USC and Alabama were waiting to hear what modern day's Xavier Brown, what his choice is going to be. He has a public commitment scheduled for Sunday the 9th. Well, word kind of surfaced over on WeRSC.com per Scott Schrader that Xavier Brown is leaning towards Alabama. So even though, you know, Xavier said that there's really no difference between USC and Ohio State, at least to the point where he would need to go across the country uh, to develop and play college football. Um, apparently, Zabian does favor the differences between Tuscaloosa and L.A. So, and that's fine. You know, if that's his ultimate decision, and that's where he chooses, we wish him the best. Um, no grudges. And USC fans should have no grudges. Again, you know, losing out on a recruit to Alabama, you, you want to win those battles, especially when it's a local local kid, but it happens. Uh, and this is what USC is competing. This is who you wanted to compete with, the top guys. <clears throat> oh, And by the way, just to kind of put a little bit of context into why maybe Xavier Brown favors Tuscaloosa compared to, to Los Angeles, before he moved to California, He's from Texas. So maybe he just prefers a lifestyle in Alabama compared to the big city lights of L.A. Who knows? Um, maybe he wants to be that Mercedes Lewis of the local defensive backs and go elsewhere, be his own guy, not be part of that Long Beach, not be part of the, that group of Long Beach Poly um, recruits who went to USC. Again, if you're an everyday viewer or listener, you understand the analogy, the anecdote that I'm referring to. Now, keep in mind, USC already has four, four elite defensive backs uh, in their class of 2024, and three of them come from California. Jarvis Boatwright Jr. is the young man from Florida, safety. Dakota Fields, Sarah High School. Marcellus Williams, Bosco. And Marquise Gallegos, He'll be playing his senior season at Sierra Canyon. So, yeah, you wanted Xavier Brown. You're in, who knows, maybe he'll surprise everybody on Sunday. But it's still, it's crazy to think that USC could, could literally go 0 for modern day this year. USC showed, at least, you know, publicly, minimal interest in running back Nate Frazier. It appears he's going to end up being on Miami Hurricane. Offensive tackle Brandon Baker was going to Oregon, NIL or no NIL. His brother played there, so he's a legacy. Interior offensive lineman DeAndre Carter. You know, he wants to be a Trojan, but, you know, he might have been taking too long. You know, I under, everybody understands you want to explore all your options, but his spot is apparently it's gone. So unless the Trojans can sway... Aiden Breland, the defensive lineman from modern day to stay home, USC would go 0 for 5. Now, when you strike out four times in a baseball game, uh, you get to wear the golden sombrero. When that happens five times, that hat turns platinum. Literally, it's called the platinum sombrero, the, the Olympic rings. That's what USC would wear when it comes to modern day and recruiting. They'd, they'd be wearing the, the, 
the Olympic rings around their neck, but not the not the ones you want to wear. So maybe the class of 2024, when it comes to the uh, local powerhouse private schools, maybe it's going to be the, the year of the Bosco class. Marcellus Williams, as I mentioned, he's already in. And in a couple weeks, on the 23rd of July, Kingston Viliamuasa uh, is going to choose between USC, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Plus, Peyton Woodyard is still out there contemplating, you know, he took some trips to USC, Ohio State, Bama, and this was after he committed to Georgia. So who knows? At this point, you know, again, recruiting fans, you're just going to have to USC recruiting fans at least. As far as July is concerned, unless something kind of pops out of nowhere, it kind of feels like you're going to have to put all of, our, put all of your eggs into that Kingston basket. And hopefully they don't feel like you don't end up feeling like Oregon at the end of the month, who just lost a battle to Arizona for an elite defensive end, Elijah Rushing. Elite four-star, five-star, depending on which you know service you're looking at. So again, for USC, it's one thing to lose a recruiting battle to Nick Saban. To, to Nick Saban. But, you know, Oregon's head coach, Dan Lanning, he's a defensive guy. And he just lost one of their top guys in their class that they were going after to Jed Fish, who's an offensive guy at Arizona. Could be worse, USC fans, right? So like I said, when when all that is said and done and, you know, that July feeling, that's kind of feeling a little June gloomy. Look, right now the Trojans still have the number five ranked class. They're going to have it without Zabian Brown. You know what's going to happen when, if, and when Zabian Brown chooses Alabama? Alabama's going to jump from number four. They're going to flip-flop with Florida to number three. That's what's going to happen. You will see we'll still have that number five-ranked class. They'll still be ahead of Michigan unless something changes there. So it's not that bad. And no one signs anything until December, right? USC is going to continue to recruit Xavier Brown, but everyone should just anticipate you're not going to get the news you wanted to hear this coming Sunday. At least it appears so. So what you can do in between then and now is head on over to FanDuel. Because when you want America's number one sports book, that's where you're going to go. FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing. I talked about the Golden Sombrero. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball at FanDuel, and then you can get 10 times your first bet. That's right, 10 times your amount in bonus bets up to $200. Just bet 20 bucks, and you're going to land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line over under. Who's going to hit the first home run of the game? Who's going to steal the first base of the game? And you get you know where you can do that? You can do that all on an app that's safe, super easy to use, super secure, and the best part, you get paid instantly. Literally, there's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. 
FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, everydayers, and all of you who are becoming everydayers, make sure you check in on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC because I found a story that I'm going to dissect. It was Somebody had a national perspective on Lincoln Riley. We're going to talk about that. So make sure you watch tomorrow's episode. Hey, as you can see on the rundown, second segment, um, we're going to talk fall camp for dummies. I'm the head of that room. I, I am the leader of that class, okay? So I'm not calling anybody a dummy. I'm the dummy here. Well, I might call some of you dummies, but it's all in fun. Look, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed their summer because it's coming to an end really quick. And that's what happens when you're having too much fun. And I think I'm having a lot of fun doing this, these uh, Locked on USC episodes, these shows during the summer. I hope you're having some fun too. But literally, time flies by. We we're, we're July 4th, rearview mirror. We just, just passed it, right? You know what that means? USC is essentially three. <laughs> I'm not joking. They are three weeks away from the start of fall camp. Pac-12 Media Day is July 21st. USC opens their season, zero week, August 26th against San Jose State. Which means USC is probably going to be checking into fall camp around July 26th, 27th, right around there. Here's your fall camp for dummies guide handbook. This is this is what I use. I kind of I put it in my back pocket. Here's what you need to know. Teams can have up to they can use 29 practice sessions before their first game. So let's take the following into consideration. We're using the timeline. This is what you can do during fall camp once you start. Number one, there are no consecutive two-a-day practices anymore. So for you younger viewers and listeners, once upon a time in a land far, far away, teams used to have what we called Survive Hell Week. That's what that rule kind of eliminated. Uh, that's when Hell Week usually happened. Um, there, I mean, there's, there's still two-a-days, but there are no more two-a-days in the first five days of fall camp. That's known as an acclimation period. That's when fall, that's when Hell Week usually happened. It was that first week when you, when you showed up after summer, <coughs> coach was like, <coughs> let's see what we got. It was a chance for the staff to kind of gauge, you know, who used their, and I'm using finger quotes, their voluntary workout time wisely. Those off-season days are now mandatory. Yeah, literally. Um, and everything is stored in an, in an electronic database. Everything from your sleeping habits to your caloric intake. Um, everything, I mean, how you breathe, how much you're lifting. The coaches, the staff, the strength and conditioning program, it is high tech. I mean... I talked about the $6 million man uh, earlier this week. In reality, that's the type of technology that's being used today. Okay, back to fall camp for dummies. I was getting a little bit too technical there. Um, One-a-day practices 
uh, can no longer. They can go three hours, but that's it. So if you're going to be out in the out in the field, helmets on, three hours. That's as long as you can go for a one-a-day practice. Here's the first gray area and how coaches kind of get around that. Even one-a-day sessions, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, doesn't matter. It's going to be a long day because um, the team eats breakfast together. Then they're going to sit in film session together. Then they're going to lift weights. Then they're going to eat lunch. Then they're going to practice. Then they're going to get in more film. And then they have a curfew. they got to go to bed. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's going to happen throughout fall camp. Uh, when they do get to have their two-a-day practices, combined cumulative, it cannot, it, can't, it cannot go longer than five hours in length. I'm talking about on the field work. So your typical two-a-day day, this is what it consists of. Uh, you're probably going to have less film, but you're going to spend more time on, you know, on the physical aspects of a fall camp, of, of practice. Um, morning practice sessions, um, then you're going to have breakfast, then you get some film, um, then you're going to have lunch, maybe a little bit of a nap break, watch more film, practice, then you're going to have dinner, a little more film, then you get to go to bed. Gray area number two, how coaches kind of get around things. Uh, and this is how coaches get their extra work in, walkthroughs. These don't count as part of any practice time. So following the acclimation period, coaches can use as many walkthroughs as they want. And because the media usually isn't around for those, nobody really knows what goes on. Everybody's on the, uh, on the honor system. Because we know every coaching staff across America would never break any rule, as minor as it could be. Right? Right? Wink, wink. Anywho. Um, freshmen, they, before they can participate, they have to have uh, six hours of academic orientation. That's basically make sure they've got their class schedule in place, know where they have to be, when they have to be, what time, all that kind of good stuff. And at USC, um, the freshmen go through a media acclimation period as well. It's when sports information director Katie Ryan and her team, uh, she gets those guys prepped with um, you know, what kind of questions to anticipate and to make sure that whenever they're answering these questions, not to overthink anything, just kind of stay calm, cool, collective, be themselves, but always the, the team first mentality messaging is always going to be at the front of everything. And here's the, the biggest difference between spring camp, fall camp. In the fall, um, you belong to Lincoln Riley and the coaching staff. There's no classes. The team has a curfew. And you're also encouraged to uh, not waste any extra energy partying. So when you do get a day off, use it wisely. You know, those days off are going to be a luxury. Use it to let your body recover. Don't, don't go abusing it. And that means with, uh, you know, if you need to check out your girlfriend, don't abuse your body. In boxing, they always tell you, when you're in training, 
you, you kind of cut everybody out. The wife, family, you, you're on your own. That's where it comes from. So that stuff that was installed during spring is now going to be run over and over and over again until, uh, until they've mastered the situation, so to speak. Yeah. I had to work in my situational mastery line there for uh, all of you Clay Helton lovers. There's a lot of you out there. Uh, film work is when the coaches kind of critique and coach up with pictures because the film doesn't lie. This is, again, this is when the coaches uh, kind of really pointed out. This is where you screwed up. <clears throat> and then they'll use those walkthroughs. Again, film room, walkthrough. It's not considered a practice session. That's when, you know, those film studies, they kind of get worked out. So you're in the lab, you're, learn you're fixing it, you're learning how to do it, and then you're putting it to practical application on the field. And then you get about halfway through fall camp. Privately, the staff, they know who they're too deep going to be, where the backups are, rotation. But this is also about the time when, you know, tempers start to flare. Uh, because, you know, competition, it generates testosterone. And when you get, uh, what, 85, 90, 100, 100 plus guys out there competing as hard and fighting for, fighting for their jobs, stuff happens. It's football. It's a contact sport. And then, boom, before you know it, it's game prep week. So, again, reminder, Pac-12 Media Day, July 21st. USC plays San Jose State, August 26th. I'm recording this episode on July 5th. You're watching this episode on July 6th. Hopefully, you're making Locked on USC your first listen every day. So when you look at your calendar, does it feel like fall camp is about to start? Because fall camp is about to start. All right, I'm going to do some quick film review. It's going to be silent movie reviews. I apologize. I really do want to show the video that I'm talking about as I'm explaining it to you, and I will get more technically proficient. So, Makai Sena, Jason Zandamela, and Manasi Atiti. Those were the, the last O-line guys to commit to USC's 2024 class. Okay? Hayden Trader, he was the one who got everything started when he became USC's first commit, O-line commitment, the fourth of the class, way back in, I think it was June 2nd. Yeah, way back then, a month ago. Uh, he's considered, you know, for the guys who like to, to look at the stars, he's the lowest rated of the offensive linemen. But he still has a senior year ahead of him. I keep telling people, these guys are going to get re-ranked. So he's going to impress um, the guys who hand out the stars. I watched this film. It impressed the hell out of me. And he's got a nice offer list. USC, Oregon, Tennessee, Colorado, Purdue, Arizona State. It's not bad. His size jumps. I mean, that's impressive. He's six foot six, 270 pounds. Big, strong. Uh, he plays right guard mostly. Right guard, RG also stands for road grader. Um, that's what he is. <laughs> He's not the fleetest afoot, but Paul Bunyan strong. And he's got violent hands. Love the way he uses his hands. 
He likes to intimidate the opponent. And if he senses you're off balance, he's going to talk. He's going to toss you aside like a rag doll. Uh, he, he showed that on his film quite a few times. Check out his, his junior season huddle tape. Good stuff. Again, he might not be the fastest guy, but he actually has really good feet. And you'll notice that when he's chipping the first guy, and then all of a sudden he's going a different direction, pulling and leading the opposite direction. You got to have good feet to do that. I was literally, I was trying to think of which former offensive USC uh, offensive lineman that he reminds me of. And then I was like, I don't need to go former. He's on the squad right now. He reminds me a lot of Jonah Monheim. So again, go check out his junior huddle film until I learn how to run video in the background while I'm talking and we'll get there. Um, and tell me if you agree or disagree. Tell me what you see when you watch uh, his huddle film. Good stuff. Uh, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to talk Elijah Newby. When you play wide receiver, free safety, and outside linebacker for your high school football team, you're an athlete. Uh, oh, he also plays basketball. He's six foot three, 205 pounds. He is an athlete. And when you watch his film, it, you, it jumps. I understand why the staff wants him. There's a lot of, his ceiling is like way up there, way, way up there. He's fast. Uh, he's got twitch and uh, he also plays with power. Long arms. Uh, he's slithery. Uh, he can split the gap at the line of scrimmage. Just he, he finds a way to break through and get into the backfield. He, he's going to play in Roy Manning's group uh, when he gets to USC next season. At least that's right now. That's probably where they're forecasting. Rush end. That outside linebackers hybrid position. Uh, and he's going to be a welcome addition. He can cover in open space. Um, and he closes the gap quickly. I mean, like in a blink of an eye quickly. And then he explodes through the tackle. I mean, it's like fast, fast, boom. Yeah, that's what you want. It's You want that type of impact in football. Again, these are these are highlight films. I get it. Um, but he is a, an excellent open field tackler. When you're watching his film, you can see him. He, he doesn't. He breaks down. He takes good angles. Doesn't over-pursue. Um, against the run, uh, he, he keeps good pad level. He sheds blockers, and he allows them to get to the ball carrier. Great change of direction. I think, for me, his strongest intangible is his uh, speed and athleticism, obviously. Again, it just jumps off the screen when you're watching this guy play. Really exciting player to watch. So I, uh, I'm going to do some more uh, recruit game film reviews, but that's it for this episode of uh, Mark's Silent Movie Reviews. This edition of it. But again, I'll be back with another episode of Locked On USC tomorrow, and I'm going to have my Friday rain. I'm going to find something to uh, vent about. I always have something I, get, I need to get off my chest. But what I want to get off my chest before we get out of here, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day, part of the Locked On Network. And when you're not making Locked On USC your first listen, 
when you're done, let me rephrase that, when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen, head on over to wersc.com. That's where you can check out my writings. You can check out the nuggets from Scott Schrader and Eric McKinney and Marshall Levinson when it comes to recruiting. Chris Musings, Chris Arledge and his Musings, Greg Katz, Eric McKinney, who, again, the big toe of the site. Keeps us walking balanced. All right, everyone. Until our next episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do, right? Yes, you do.